Hi, Eric Bailey with the Tulsa World, joined by Eli Letterman to talk Oklahoma sports. And you know what, Eli? There's so much going on. Just when we think school's over and we're getting ready for summer, uh, the baseball team's headed to Omaha. First time since 2010 they're going to the College World Series, and we're just coming off a great run by the Oklahoma softball team. How much fun has this been? It's been quite a start on the Oklahoma beat. Is it always like this with, with A, a lot of winning? Well, that might be the case. But B, not a lot of time off because they have just kept winning games and across every sport. And here we are in late June. Like you said, we're headed. It's supposed to be the summer, but we're still in, in full swing with the Sooners doing their thing. You know, I'm excited. I guess we better start by saying that Eli's going to join me in the Oklahoma beat. He's been kind of doing a dual role with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma during the spring, but now he lives in Oklahoma City. He's going to give us a lot more coverage for University of Oklahoma athletics. I'm really looking forward to it. He did great things at Oklahoma State this past school year, so uh, we're going to double up on our coverage, and I'm anxious for that. And Eli had a good good taste of things that in Oklahoma City during the Women's College World Series where he was covering Oklahoma State, and then after they got knocked out, he rallied and came right over to OU. And Eli, just your impressions of, of really, let's talk a little bit about OU, but don't leave out OSU, yeah. both programs, what they were able to do for uh, college softball in the state. Oh, well, on the softball front, well, hey, you, you covered a lot of ground here, but I'm thrilled, A, to be working with you, and B, to be kind of now working down in Norman. Um, this is going to be fun. I think we've already kind of flashed a bit of what the two of us can do together, and I'm excited to do more of it. Uh, but, man, Oklahoma City, I'll say this on the whole, before we even get into Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, I don't know that I've covered many events more fun than the Women's College World Series in OKC. It really is an incredible event. To see those crowds that they got, I mean, nearly 13,000 people out there in that stadium was, was really incredible. And then to, to add on to it, the fact that you've got Oklahoma State that was there and they made you know their deepest run they'd made under Kenny Gajewski and probably in 40 years. Um, and then OU doing OU things um, where they once again just powered their way to a national title. They were prolific and head and shoulders above everybody. So to be there covering it was a blast. And uh, shoot, I've been on the OU beat for a couple of months and I've already seen the national championship. How about that? You know, Oklahoma's won four of the last six ball six women's college world series events in Oklahoma City. And we were ensured something good was going to happen when they got to the finals when they knocked off UCLA because we knew they were either going to play A, Oklahoma State, or B, Texas. There was going to be a rivalry involved. And it says a lot for the Big 12 itself when three, the fast the last three teams standing in college softball were Big 12 schools. So uh, we really can't take for granted how good the quality of softball is both in the state and in the league. It's, I mean, seven teams in the Big 12, and they've got the last three in the country sitting there. It's pretty spectacular. I mean, I, I think we could go on for days about OU and, and should. Uh, they're, they're very deserving. But I would say, too, I mean, the, the, the climb that OSU has made to get approaching that level and to be, um, you know, a national semifinalist and, and to be where they are and, and the building that's going on within the Big 12 is pretty spectacular. And it was, again, on display there, the fact that we had of the seven teams in the conference, we had three of them just sitting there on, in the semifinals and two, obviously, in the championship series. You know, the excitement this week didn't stop with the, with the event itself. We got to see Jocelyn Allo, uh really couldn't ask for a better Hollywood script to her finish of her college career. And you wrote a little bit this week about her start of her professional career. And people were really watching to see what happens. And it's going to be fun to watch her continue her career. Yeah, you know, what's really interesting is I, I don't think a lot of people would know what could be next for someone like Jocelyn Allo. I don't think 
many people know much about what, where professional softball stands right now. And to their credit, that's because professional softball has been changing. And this year, there's two new leagues. There's this Athletes Unlimited, which is kind of an interesting concept. And I guess I'm going, this is the long way around here. But uh, a fascinating concept where the players are not on any particular team. It's a point system, and they draft each day. Uh, Oklahoma State's Carrie Everly is there. But then you've got the women's professional fast pitch with headquarter in OKC with former Sooner Lauren Chamberlain as the commissioner. And uh, that's probably a more traditional league. They've got two teams this summer they're looking to expand in the future. And it's uh, with the Smash It Sports Vipers. That is who Jocelyn Allo has made her choice on Monday to join them for the start of her professional career, which is really exciting because Jocelyn Allo, as we, we covered, you know, her, you covered, Eric, uh, the entirety of her career in Norman, and it was well covered at the end. What a transcendent superstar she was in the sport. And now she's got somewhere to go, maybe at the perfect time, while there's there's not one but two budding professional softball leagues. And so she is headed to the pros. She's playing, uh, I, I didn't know they were friends, but then maybe Sooner fans might not like this, but she's uh, teamed up now with Mary Iacopo from Texas. Um, and apparently they're good friends from the past. And so it, it's cool seeing a lot of um, the really talented young women who we saw in Oklahoma City now getting a shot to, to play in the pros. Last night, I was exploring the new brewery scene here in Oklahoma City, and on the TV was the Athletes Unlimited, and I was seeing some familiar names from uh, from Oklahoma City, and that's a, a pretty cool thing to have on, on the mothership, on ESPN, to be watching professional softball. You know, the victory celebration for Oklahoma will be held in the fall. Usually they have it just a couple of days after the, the championship series, but this year they're going to try something a little different and allow a little bit of more of their alumni to come back and celebrate, so Time and day to be announced, but the uh, victory celebration for this softball program will be next fall. And who knows, uh, we could be seeing another victory celebration. Let's just kind of segue over to baseball with what they've been able to do. Oklahoma going to Omaha. It's pretty incredible. Their first time since 2010, their 11th trip overall. And this baseball team has really been impressive when you think about it. They've won a lot of road series to get to where they're at. They won the Big 12 championship. They went to Gainesville and defeated the SEC runner-up in Florida. Then they go to Virginia Tech and take on the ACC champion and totally dominate into deciding game three to advance to the College World Series. It's an exciting time to be an OU fan. And uh, now we're just getting started. We segue from one college sport to yeah. another college sport. And Eli and I have been really pumping baseball this week, Eli. Just your thoughts. I know you're jumping in, hitting the ground running with this baseball program. What, what are your early thoughts on what they're, they're preparing for their trip to Omaha? Well, quite a time to jump on. And I'm just back from Norman. From They had their send-off this morning at Eldale Mitchell. Um, spoke to Skip Johnson, spoke with a few players. And I think, you know, before even getting to what this year's team has done uh, in terms of, of the turnaround from mid-April to now in this run, is just the historical context. Uh, OU is not in baseball. Uh, your Vanderbilts, your, um, your powerhouse baseball programs across the country that make routine trips to Omaha. Um, this is their first since 2010. Before that, they'd, they'd last been there in 1995, I believe. And so this is a pretty big deal what this team has done and uh, done a little bit of reporting on that 2010 team this week. And a lot of those guys, familiar names you might know, uh, you'll, you'll see them in print in the Tulsa world. They think that this 2022 team resembles very much so the 2010 team that was kind of scrappy, but got hot at the right time. And there they were in Omaha. So pretty, from a historical standpoint, first time under Skip Johnson that they're headed to Omaha is big. But then, you know, this isn't just a... Uh, they haven't hit their one milestone yet. They're prepared to go to Omaha and 
and to go win this thing. And at this point, who, who could doubt him? How many times this year have I think people probably looked at Oklahoma baseball and said, well, you know, they're going to Arlington for the Big 12 championship. I don't know. They're going to Gainesville for a regional. Same with Blacksburg. And they're still standing here. So I wouldn't uh, – I, I think there are maybe more talented teams, maybe more proven teams in Omaha, but I don't know that I'd want to pick against the Sooners right now. You know, when you look at the pitching staff and these starters, that's what impresses me because they're Oklahoma high school products. Uh, Jake Bennett, the, the the first, you know, we assume will definitely get the ball in game one. Uh, young man out of Bixby High School, David Sandlin, the Saturday starter, which will probably be our game two starter. Uh, it'll He is from Owasso. And then even just Cade Horton from Norman. I mean, you look at these young men, they, they developed in the Oklahoma high school program, and now they're playing for uh, the Sooners. And, and they've really allowed this team to get to where they're at. They're throwing the ball well, and, and they're getting really good help from the offense and uh, their defense has improved as the during the second half of the season are not making any mistakes and they're just playing really fundamental baseball now they're they're getting outs they're not allowing extra at bats from opponents and it's really the the right time to really be kind of gelling right now with their chemistry. Yeah, on kind of that Oklahoma pitching front, where I mean, looks like an all Oklahoma pitching staff. Uh, cool thing, Jake Bennett today, one of those guys was talking about. Um, they, they had at the, at the send-off and watching practice today were a bunch of young kids, I think, there for the baseball camp in Norman. And Jake Bennett kind of was able to take a step back afterward and say, hey, maybe eight years ago, six years ago, that would have been him, you know, in middle school at a camp wanting to be around those guys. And here he was in his home state, as he said, with Sooners across his chest, um, kind of getting to represent as his team's going to Omaha. So that is a cool thing. And, and to your point, of, they really are just clicking at the right time. And they've kind of got everything uh in a in a college baseball world that's leaned really heavily toward offense i mean they can hit and they've got plenty of home run hitters but they pitch well uh they play small ball they can steal bases and so um they've kind of got all the ingredients and since mid-march uh, since mid-april as we've you know covered plenty 24 and 10 i don't think there's been many teams hotter Oklahoma takes on Texas A&M at 1 o'clock Friday. Uh, first game of the series, uh, they're set up for a Friday game and a Sunday game, win or lose. Uh, they'll come back and play over the weekend, too. So uh, next time when we talk, Eli, we'll have a really good sense of what's going on, where they're at, if their season's being extended. And the, the World Series is a little bit more compressed now. Uh, they start on Friday or Friday, and it ends a week from uh, – it could end a week from Monday. And there's games every day. It, it's, it's not as spread out as it used to be. It used to be kind of a two-week journey, but now I think it's more close to 10 days. So we'll see how Oklahoma does. So uh, just bring sports at Oklahoma. And, 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 and when we go at it, let's talk a little bit about Skip Johnson. I mean, here's a coach yeah. that in his first season, you know, they haven't been to the NCAA tournament since 2018. So it's been a while since they even made the tournament in the first year back that they go. Uh, just impressed with what, Skip has been able to do this year and, and stay positive, stay encouraging. It, it's just, he really is down to earth when you talk to him, isn't he? He really is. And, and, you know, he's somebody, this is Oklahoma's first time, obviously since 2010 and first time under Skip Johnson, but he's been to Omaha before. He was there with Texas three times as an assistant. And we were talking about that with him today. I spoke with a, a Texas assistant who worked at there, Tommy Nicholson, who's now at UC Davis, just about the experience he has. And, you know, it, this was more an anecdote from Skip, but I asked him about, you know, being in Omaha and he can snap him a finger, tell you a story about the championship series against LSU in 2009. So he's, he's seen Omaha before his team. I think this week is going to find things out as they come. It'll be their first trip, 
But Skip Johnson's been there, and I think that's important is to have have someone in the seat and in the dugout who has been there before, knows kind of what it takes to do it in front of that big crowd in a big stadium um, in, in sort of an interesting tournament format. Uh, so it really should be cool to watch what Skip Johnson does with this team that's been so fun the last you know month, month and a half. Before we go away, Eli, I did want to ask you about a football recruit. Let's turn over to football a little bit. Cade McIntyre, an athlete out of Fremont, Nebraska, which is located just northeast of uh, Omaha, uh, committed to the Sooners. A uh, young man, he had offers from Nebraska. He had offers from Iowa, Minnesota. Uh, he was just starting to get some offers. And a three-star athlete, I, I think they, they term him as an athlete. I'd be curious to see where he plays. But uh, Oklahoma, now they have six recruits in this 2023 class. Uh, I guess we'll probably start seeing some names pop up pretty soon with the, the summer recruiting going on right now. I think so. And we know that they had a busy week last week with guys in town. And uh, the, the fruit of that is a commit like um, Mr. McIntyre from Nebraska, who was on campus last week and then uh, still had uh, visits scheduled. He was supposed to go see some places, but he presumably, I think, we know how Brent Venables feels about this. So I'm sure he uh, he canceled those visits because once he committed to the Sooners, I think that's how Brent likes it. But yeah, he's, he's an interesting one in the sense that he's an athlete. And, you know, when you see that listed, it's, it's sometimes hard to know where they're going to be, how they'll project. And he's kind of depends on where you read and where you look and who you talk to about what people think he could be in college. He might be kind of a, a, a tight end who can catch some passes. He might be a, a linebacker, depending on how he fills out. So an interesting addition to a class that I think for now, and you can correct me here, uh, Eric, is, is headlined by Jackson Arnold as the, the, the five-star quarterback in that class. Exactly. And, and I think one thing that we're learning, and I think the fans are learning as well, we're trying to understand how uh, Brent Venables' recruiting style is. I mean, is it going to load up front with recruits? Or is he going to get commits late? Right now, it seems like it is going to be commits that are later in the year, later than we were used to with Lincoln Riley. You know, at this point, under Lincoln Riley, easily double digits by this time of year on commitments for the upcoming class. Oklahoma is just at six right now. Uh, they've only had three since uh, May 9th. So, and they had three before then. So I think it's just one of those things where it's one of those wait and see attitudes and uh, recruiting, it's always so important. And I know fans get antsy. They want to see that group come up and fill up to 20 pretty quick. But I think we, we're seeing Brent Venables uh, is taking his time and, and making sure he has the right recruits. And it's just something we're learning about right now. Yeah, well, I'll ask you this, Eric. I mean, do you what do you can you attribute that to anything? The the kind of slow wait and see pace is it down to? I mean, it, Brent Venables kind of got the, the whole Johnny Jigolo thing in in spring camp, <laughs> talking about I don't, you know, your commitment is not a reservation; it's yeah. a commitment. Do you think the fact that that maybe that that's um, presumably what what he's telling and his staff is telling these recruits is that part of this wait and see thing, and why it's maybe a little behind on on what Lincoln Riley would have done? First of all, the Johnny Gigolo line was perfect. I love that line in a press conference to throw that out there. But I he's I got a lot of Johnnies, by the way. Yeah, he does Johnny's, have a lot of Johnnies. I can't think of the rest, but oh, I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> but no, I, I really think that we are seeing that. He wants to make sure that you know you want to join the Oklahoma program. Uh, and how that plays out, we'll have to wait and see. Because we remember these are 17, 18-year-old kids. I mean, they're still young men uh, who can change their mind in, in, in a flash. So we'll see how this plays out. But right now, commitment is a commitment. And maybe that is why we only see six. Mm -hmm. But maybe, you know, years from now, we'll look back and say, well, he wanted to make sure that you were fully invested in the Oklahoma program and it worked out. So it's, yeah. it's just a different style from Lincoln Riley. And I think that's the key is we'll see how this all plays out. 
All right. Well, Eli, anything else you want to add? Anything, any other sports or anything you can think of? No, I guess we're, we're without Garen Emick today. He's missed, <laughs> but I, I, in my head, he's somewhere on a beach, maybe yeah. with a, like an early happy hour cocktail in his hand. So that's what I'm hoping for, for, for Mr. Emick. So we miss him as our host. You <laughs> do a tremendous job, and it's a hard seat to fill. Um, it, so. it, it really is. I'll be honest with you. I get more <laughs> nervous than I, I show right now doing this, that's for sure. So. We don't show it. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone out there, thanks so much for subscribing to the Tulsa World, reading the Tulsa World. You can see Eli and my content at TulsaWorld.com. And uh, we'll be back soon to talk about the Oklahoma baseball run in Omaha and, and look forward to more football. So until then, uh, thanks for keeping up with us and uh, log on to TulsaWorld.com whenever you can.